Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Jared Lawler was gunned down in North Belfast in 2002. Jared Lawler was the victim of a random sectarian attack, killed simply because he was a Catholic. The young father was murdered eight years after the ceasefires and four years after the Good Friday Agreement. He was killed during a night of mayhem. 19-year-old Jared was walking home from the pub around midnight when his killers opened fire. The murder's been admitted by the group calling itself the Red Hand Defenders, a cover name for the UDA. UDA chief Ihab Shukri had ordered his gunmen out onto the streets after the INLA shot and wounded a man at a peace line. Ihab Shukri was the self-appointed military commander of the North Belfast UDA at the time. He picks up the phone, um, this person Jay, to a person H to um, call in a favour. And Person H was the um, the head of the LVF in North Belfast at the time. Jared Lawler's killing was the fifth gun attack in a four-mile radius that night as loyalists searched for a Catholic victim. You had five different armed gangs, three in cars, two on motorbikes, travelling around North Belfast, attempting to murder nine different people, murdering Jared Lawler, and all of this happening in a small geographical area of about three to four square miles. Jared's family want to know, where was the PSNI? Why did they not lock down this small area as the shooting continued? And why has no one ever been charged? But we can't sit and accept people who you trust to enforce justice are sitting doing what they've got away with here. You just can't accept it. You can't accept it. The Sunday Life's Kieran Barnes joins me to tell Jared's story. Kieran Barnes, once again, you're very welcome to the Bell Tell. I apologise I'm not in the studio with you. I am isolating at home with COVID, but here I am. Jared Lawler was shot dead in 2002. Who was Jared Lawler? Jared Lawler was a 19-year-old father of one from uh, North Belfast, uh, Glen Gormley area. Really popular guy. He was one of five brothers and a, a well-known, well-respected family. And he was a very, very talented GAA player. He played midfield for St. Dennis. So an all-round good guy. Well-liked, much loved, and uh, with a very bright future ahead of him. And what happened to him? Um, Jared had been in a pub 
on Sunday the 21st of July 2002 called the Bellevue Arms. His, he was due to play for St. Dendis that afternoon but the game had been cancelled at short notice so he met up with some of the players from the rival team and they enjoyed just a couple of pints in the, in the Bellevue Arms and then he was walking home to his house on the Whitewell Road which is a short distance away. He stopped off at the Chinese um, to get a takeaway. He was walking down the Whitewell Road when he was approached from behind by two and I will say this two guys who were later convicted of dealing drugs two guys on a motorbike and they shot him four times twice in the back twice in the um, in the leg and it's a good job they shot him in the back because they wouldn't have been able for Gerard Ger- Lawler Gerard Lawler was a big guy um, he was a fit guy and you know regardless of whether they had 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 guns or not Gerard um, Lawler would have took them on if they had him if they had a face to face to face I'm very conscious in one of the things that strikes me and, and I think we need to stress to the listener, this happened in 2002, yeah. uh, 21 years ago, but after the ceasefires, after all of the ceasefires. Yeah. What was the background of this killing? How, well, how, how did it come about? At the time, North Belfast was in the grip of sectarian violence. It was probably the worst sectarian violence that had been seen since before the Troubles ended in 84. Um, there was constant clashes on interfaces the, uh, there, was, there was real trouble around the Orange Order Parade going up the Crumman Road past the Ardoin shops there was ratting there every July there was trouble on the, the Duncan Gardens interface Lamestone Road interface between the New Lodge and the, the New Republican New Lodge and the Loyalist uh, Tigers Bay there was trouble constantly up on the Whitewell you got to remember the Holy Cross protest when Loyalists protested against kids going to school in, in Ardoin that was 2000 September 2001 so that was only a few months previous and there was real intense trouble weeks of trouble in the short strand um, interface between Loyalists and Republicans so it, it, sectarian tension was really really high in particularly North Belfast at that time but you also got a bear in mind July 2002 it's 8 years after the 1994 ceasefires it's 4 years after the, the signing of the Great Friday Agreement and it's a year after well just under a year after the, the formation of the PSNI um, so here you have these historic events the Good Friday Agreement the ceasefires the formation of the PSNI these things are supposed to herald a new dawn of peace and prosperity and police and reform in Northern Ireland and um, and they have failed Gerard Lawler miserably and they've failed everyone else who was um, attacked and injured and, and shot during that period. You've got to bear in mind too, Gerard Lawler was the fourth young person uh, to be murdered by Lawless paramilitaries in that sort of South Antrim area between 2001-2002. Um, Kieran Cummins was killed in Antrim Town by the LVF. Uh, uh, Gavin Brett was uh, shot dead by the South East Antrim UTA, not far from where Gerard Lawler was killed. And um, Danny McCaughan, uh, a Catholic postman, was shot dead in uh, in Rathcool at the beginning of 2002. And then you had, a, there was a young lad called Thomas MacDonald, the Protestant, who was run over and killed during trouble on the interface uh, on, the, on the Whitewell Road. And there was a, there was a woman from the Nicholas community convicted in relation to that. So a terrible time in terms of violence and uh, one that um, one that gladly we've we've moved away from but um, that doesn't take away from the fact that guys like Gerard Lawler um, lost their lives in the most cruel circumstances It almost seems like uh, at a smaller scale that the troubles continued on in that North Belfast area for yeah, a while. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's sad too because North Belfast suffered more than any other area of Northern Ireland during the Troubles. A quarter of all 
murders and killings and you know occurred in North Belfast. So the scars in North Belfast are, are very very open and they run very very deep. Um, all of Northern Ireland suffered as a result of the troubles. All of Ireland, for that matter, but North Belfast. It, it was the its most intense in North Belfast. Bring us to the night in which Jared Lawler was murdered. What sparked the events of that night? Okay, well, like I had mentioned, there'd been a lot of trouble on interfaces and sectarian clashes. And that evening, and it was a Sunday night, the NLA and Ardoin opened fire on a loyalist over the peace line leading into Glenbrin, uh, a guy called Mark Blaney, and he was shot and seriously injured. So um, on the back of that, you know, there was a feeling that loyalists might try and avenge that attack by by hitting back. And later that evening at 10 o'clock, there was an, a, a, the UDA in the Westland estate attempted to murder two friends, Danny O'Neill and Kevin McKeown, as they um, as they walked along Salisbury Avenue off the Cave Hill Road. And they, uh, they were shot at, but uh, thankfully they, they weren't injured. And then uh, a short time later, um, around uh, 10.50, uh, the, the UDA, the West Belfast UDA, try and kill a guy called Ryan Corbett, a well-known at the time amateur boxer from a from a big boxing family in in the old park, the Corbett. So they try and kill Ryan as he leaves a, a bar called Henry Joyce in the old park road. The gun jams, thankfully for Ryan, and the two guys um, drive off. Now this word starts to get sinister. They go back down to Lower Shankle, um, which was being run at the UDA down there was being run by Johnny Adair at the time they get word to Adair oh the gun jammed we weren't able to kill anyone so Adair says right hijack a taxi and a couple of UDA men are drinking in the, a bar down there called the Rifles the, a taxi's ordered to the Rifles the taxi's then hijacked and gunmen get into the taxi drive back up um, the Crumlin and Old Park Roads to the, to the interface there at Russell Penn Street and they open fire on Jason O'Halloran and Jim Burnshire standing at the corner um, Jim gets grazed and Jason gets shot a couple of times now this is literally 20 yards away from the attempt to murder Ryan Corbett uh, 30 minutes earlier uh, and what had happened is after Ryan had avoided being murdered he raised the alarm so a lot of people came out onto the onto the old park road to see what was happening so there was quite a there was, there was a crowd of people there and the UDA came came up the old park and up the Crumlin and up the old park and, and opened fire and, and wounded Jason O'Halloran and uh, almost shot Jim Burns so around about the same time as that was happening another UDA gang went into the Ligonil area which is a, another interface um, in the country end of North Belfast and they opened fire to a, a group of nationalists randomly uh, these guys managed to hide behind a wall and avoid injury and then about half an hour later 40 minutes later um, a motorbike um, with two LVF members pulls up in the car park of Belfast Zoo and if, you, if you're familiar with Belfast, so it's on the hill of the car park and it overlooks the Antrim Road. So they pull up there and it allows them a vantage point to, to see um, who's coming up and down the Antrim Road and from Jared Lawler's direction of travel and down on to the top of the White Well Road, which would be a nice list area. They, they guess correctly that he was a, a Catholic. So they wait until George walking down the White Well Road, um, at the top of the White Well Road there, back turned, and they come down on the on the scooter and they shoot him four times, twice in the back, twice in the back of the legs. Uh, and they really, they'd guessed about his background. They had yeah, no, was, he was, he was not a targeted... No, it was... he. Look, I'm not going to say he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He wasn't. He was in the right place at the right time. Jared was from that area. Jared had been out enjoying an evening socialising with his friends. He was He was in the right place at the right time. It's where he should have been. Um, the, the people who were in the wrong place 
with the two drug dealers in the back of the, and the motorbike who who murdered him. You know, Jared. You know, Jared can't be held responsible for you know going out that night socialising and going back to his house. And it's important to remember that he wasn't in the wrong place at the wrong time. He was in the right place. It, that, that's where he was from. That's where he should have been. So this all happens in North Belfast over the period of a few hours and there are multiple loyalist gangs out carrying out shootings. Eventually, from their sick point of view, they succeeded in murdering someone. But one would expect, given all of these gun gangs in a tiny area in a very short period of time, that that area would have been flooded with the security forces trying to clamp down on this crazy evening of violence. Yeah, well, that's what... The Lawlers, the Lawler family can't get their head around, and I, I spoke to them last week at length, and and that's what at everyone who was shot at that night, and, and I would include Mark Blaney and that you know the guy who, who the Protestant who was shot by the NLA. No one can understand how, in the wake in the wake of the law, a, a guy from the Loyalist community being shot by the NLA, and UDA men showing up in Glenbrenn where the scene of the shooting was, you know there was. Even the newest cop, a, a, a cop who would be on the beat for one day, could tell you, right, we need to watch here tonight. There's a very, very good chance Lloydus could take to the streets and try and kill a, a, a nationalist in a revenge attack. So what you had then between 10 o'clock and midnight when Gerard Lawler's killed, 10 o'clock's when the, the first gun attack happens on, on Danny O'Neill and Kevin McKeown, you had five different armed gangs, three in cars, two in motorbikes, Travelling around North Belfast, carrying out the, uh, the attempting to murder nine different people, murdering Gerard Lawler, and all of this happening in a small geographical area of about three to four square miles, and along about three or four main thoroughfares, and that's what people can't get their head around. How were five different armed gangs able to roam the streets of North Belfast that night, carrying out drive-by shootings unhindered? And despite it all, no one has ever been charged in connection with the death of Jared Lawler, despite the fact I'm looking at notes, uh, uh, and there are many, many names on, on the notes uh, in front of me, but no one's ever been charged, despite the fact also that loyalist paramilitaries in that part of Belfast were riddled with informers. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. No one's been charged. And it, remember, five different, nine different attempted murders, one murder. Um, there was two arrests made in connection with the murder of Gerard Lawler about a year after he was killed. Um, no one was charged. There has never been a single arrest in connection with the four other shootings and the nine attempted murders that evening. And that's a damning indictment of, of the PSNI. You know, one murder, nine attempted murders over a two-hour period in a small geographical area of about three to four square miles. And there's been two arrests and the two arrests occur a year later. Now, Joe Lawler's mum, Sean, she believes that informants are being protected. Um, she's convinced of that. And, you know, given the, given the facts of the matter and given that we know that paramilitaries, both Republican and Loyalist, have been riddled with informants. We've seen that in previous police ombudsman's report. We've seen that in, in judicial reviews. We've seen that in, in inquiries. You know, surely there, the law of averages would dictate that there are, it, there was, on these five different shootings that night, you know, there has to be informers involved. Uh, now, Mrs. Anderson, Marie Anderson, the police ombudsman, she um, she made clear in, in, in the police ombudsman's report into George's murder and the, in the events that took place that evening. She concluded last week that um, she didn't believe informants were involved or, well, she didn't believe informants were being protected and she um, dismissed any uh, allegations of, of collusion. And that's um, 
And that's, you know, that's a matter for her, but certainly that's not a feeling that the people who were shot at that night, that Jared Lawler's family and that the lawyers for those individuals have. Um, Mrs. Anderson, the police ombudsman, she also criticised the PSNI heavily in regards to its investigation of these events of George's murder and the attempt at murders. She found that, you know, there was a failure to conduct searches, make arrests and interviews in a timely manner, a failure to document and develop uh, a targeted covert or sensitive strategy, a failure to ensure the continuation of a dedicated family liaison officer. There, there was um, a failure to maintain CCTV logs, a failure to, to link George's murder with other sectarian attacks that night. So there was a litany of failures in the, in the PSNI investigation, which the police ombudsman upheld. But the, the crucial thing is that um, she she did find that there's no evidence that the PSNI or any of its officers sought to protect any informant. And I've therefore concluded, she said, that there is nothing uncovered by this investigation that would support conclusions that there was collusion or collusive behaviour on the part of any police officer. Um, so and, that and what and what's the reaction of the family to that? Well, the the family or George's mum, Sean, is dismissive of that. She believes informants were involved. Um, George's father, John, takes a more nuanced view. Um, he's happy with aspects of the report, but really unhappy with with other aspects. But what the report does do is it identifies individuals without naming them. So it gives them ciphers. So there's so there's different individuals who are ciphered in this and, um, you know, uh, we can name um, some of them. There's a guy, uh, there's a group of fat guy referred to as Person J and that's Ab Shukri. Ab Shukri was the, the self-appointed military commander of the North Belfast UT at the time. And it, um, it details how he, um, he picks up the phone, um, this Person J, to a Person H to um, call in a favour and Person H was the um, the head of the LVF in North Belfast at the time a guy called Duffer Kincaid and um, Duffer Kincaid's a convicted drug dealer Ahab Shukri who's now dead he died of a drugs overdose some years ago he was a convicted UDA member um, Person I referred to in the report who was one of the ones arrested by police one of the two people arrested by police in connection with George's murder he is the he's the gunman who killed George um, Person I is a convicted drug dealer He's, and his identity the gunman is, his identity is well known in loyalist circles and throughout North Belfast as is the driver of the moped uh, getaway vehicle that was used in George murder he too is a convicted drug dealer so what you have here is Person H Duffer Kincaid Person H according to the report Duffer, Duffer Kincaid convicted drug dealer sending out Person um, I um, to murder Gerard Lawler, person I is a convicted drug dealer and a guy who drives a motorbike is a convicted drug dealer. So I would say that, you know, I don't like the term loyalists being used to describe these individuals. I know guys who are genuine loyalists and they uh, they would have no truck drug dealers. These were drug dealers who murdered um, Gerard Lawler, sanctioned by a drug dealer, and it was carried out by two convicted drug dealers. Well, the path is now open to an inquest, Kieran, into Gerard Lawler's... Uh, Killing. Do the families have hopes around that inquest? Well, the interesting thing about any future inquest is that the people, the the people involved in George murder, who are identified by ciphers in the police ombudsman report, they can be called as witnesses because the Lawler family know who they are. Their lawyers know who they are, and three of the four of them are still alive, bar Ahab Shukri, who's dead. So these three, you know, could be called to give evidence at a future inquest, and then that would allow 
and allow the public to, to know who they are and it would allow them to be identified. Um, this police ombudsman's report doesn't signal the end of a 20-year campaign by the Lawler family for justice. You know, this this is brave new life, isn't it? Now the, the family's focus is on getting the inquest and and identifying, publicly identifying the people who murdered Jared and the others who, who travelled around North Belfast that evening unhindered shooting people at will. You know, I can tell you this, I know the Lawler family. I see as long as there's breath in the body of a member of the Lawler family, this is going to continue. They are not going to give up on this. So the people who were involved in George's murder and those other shootings that night, you know, it's been 20 years, but, you know, this family have been fighting for 20 years. The other survivors that night have been fighting for 20 years and they're not going to give up. So the guys who were involved in this mayhem that night, they need to realise that. And for them, if they are really serious about moving on with their lives, about sleeping well at night, about trying to turn Northern Ireland into a what should be a peaceful and prosperous area, they, they, they should cooperate with this inquest. Did the Lawler family ever run into these guys? Yeah, um, John Lawler, now he's not going to identify the individual who, who he's ran into, but um, he is on the record saying, and he mentioned it at the press conference last week after the after the publication of the report, the Helmsman's report, he talked about how he had bumped into one of the people involved in his son's death on three occasions, one of which was in Tesco when they kind of bumped trolleys and that uh, John looked the guy in the eye and he later said he knew exactly who I was and he knew that I knew him. But John's smart. John's doing it the right way. Kieran, John, you know, the easiest thing to do would be fly off the, the handle if you met your son's killer, attack them and cause a, cause a huge scene. But John's too clever for that. You know, John's playing this the right way. John's trying to get these guys in the court. Um, John's trying to get these guys identified via the inquest and that's the way they play it because that's the way that will hurt them more than than some sort of dust up in a, in a supermarket Kieran Barnes Chief Reporter of the Sunday Life thank you When you get an Irish independent digital subscription you don't just get access to the news at your fingertips for a limited time you'll also receive a 75 euro O'Neill's gift card so what are you waiting for? Get the whole kit and caboodle. Visit independent.ie forward slash subscribe today. Irish Independent. Terms and conditions apply.